Season two. Fucking A, man. We're back. This is like a month, a month long break. We had Christmas, we had New Year's. All right, so what the fuck are we doing tonight? We got Moxie on the program. We got Dipshit of the Day. We got talk about Seedopoly. Uh, let's talk about Seedopoly real quick, actually. Seedopoly. These are the cards. And through Sea Bazaar. If you go through Sea Bazaar, you collect these cards just like fucking McDonald's Seedopoly. I ripped this shit off. Daz and I ripped this shit off. This is a co promotion between Night Owl, Night Owl Seeds and uh, Dark Horse Genetics. But uh, yeah, for every purchase, you get one of these fuckers now through August. We're giving away all kinds of crazy dope shit. Collect them all, get rich. Somebody's winning 10,000 bucks, Buster. 10,000 bucks, dudes and dudettes. So uh, yeah, check out Seedopoly. The only way to get them is to, let me see if I can't show this. Uh, there it is. The only way to get them is to get on Seabazaar, um, Seabazaar.com. You buy shit, either Night Owl or Dark Horse. You get the fucking little, th little scratch-off tickets. You scratch them off. You can win all kinds of crazy dope prizes real quick. Let's talk about what the fuck they are. Collect all the greens for PlayStation 5, the browns for Method 7 glasses, uh, light blues, $500 Sea Bazaar shopping spree, set of Illuminar lights for the pinks, orange trip for two to Hawaii, collect the reds, Xbox Series X2 winners, collect the yellows, Hydrogrow tent, Puffco peaks are on the railroads, and $10,000 to get that Boardwalk Park place, you know what I mean? All right, fucking A. Let's go to... What the fuck do I want to go to? My camera. There it is. All right. Fuck it. Let's go to dipshit of the day.
We don't do politics on this show, and I'm not going to do politics. <clears throat> but there is one bitch that I got to bring up here real quick. This dumb bitch. Her name is Vicki Marble. She is a senator from Colorado. She's no longer. She lost the election. Now the election's over. I can talk some shit. I could have talked shit before, but I don't really do election bullshit on here, whatever. But anyway, I don't want to have politics shit jumping off. I'm just talking about Vicki Marble, this dumb bitch, real quick. This chick introduced a bill into Colorado because she read some fake news story from this fucking douchebag who writes fake news for this dumb shit, the National Report. He wrote a fucking... He has like 20 people that he employs anonymously that write fake news and seed it all over fucking the place or whatever. And he wrote... had Somebody wrote a fake news story that you could buy food stamps. This is a long time ago. This isn't recent. A long time ago. But somebody did a story where you could buy food stamps, a fake news story where you could buy food stamps in dispensaries and buy pot with it. So this dumb bitch fucking who gets her news on Facebook or wherever the fuck she reads it decided to introduce legislation that you can't buy fucking or you can't use uh, food stamps at dispensaries, which no one fucking was in the first place. <laughs> it was fucking the dumbest shit I've ever seen in my life. But uh, yeah, so I'm glad you're fucking gone. You are fucking just dumber than shit. Um, but yeah, let's not... Let's not deep dive into politics, but let's just say like this this legislation was created because you read fake news. And uh, real quick about this lady too, she owns a liquor store in uh, Northern Colorado. She's like the senator for Northern Colorado or representative of Northern Colorado. She owns a liquor store and a bail bonds place. <laughs> and she doesn't want people to fucking, you can't buy, you couldn't use food stamps at liquor stores. So she made her mission to make sure that you couldn't, have uh, used food stamps at dispensaries, which whoever fuck cares. But uh, yeah, she also said she wanted to secede from Colorado because, uh, yeah, fucking, she said she's going to take northern Colorado and succeed to Wyoming. I was just like, um, okay. This bitch is certified crazy and fucking out of here. Whatever the fuck. Let's move it along. Dipshit of the day. Free shit. It's free! All right, who wants to play name that tune? Are you ready, Cees? Yeah. Caesar's watching the chat like a hawk. We'll do three packs. What platform first? Let's do UIG fuckers first. IG for a pack of Stockton Slap. Can't really read it, but that's what it says. Trust me. There. These are for the IG. It's right there in the corner of your IG. All right. IG Stockton Slap, uh, 12 pack. You got to name this tune. Get your shits ready. Typing fingers ready. Oh, shit. That's it. That's all I'm giving you right now. Who's got that? Nope, it's not going to be push it. Uh, Mason Wanamaker. Oh, that's the name of it? Oh, shit. That is the name of it. That was way too easy, dude. It said it like in the first two seconds. I thought there was going to be more of a play out of like a beat there. Anyway, you lucky. Mason Wanamaker, you are lucky. DM me. DM Caesar. Actually, just DM Dark Horse. Salt and Pepper. All right, that was way too fucking easy, but you were on it and fast, so you won Stockton Slap. Let's move it over to Twitch. I don't know how many people are over there on Twitch, but Caesar, I can't even see it, so this one's 100% on you. 
actually, this one's going to have to go to Twitch and YouTube because, well, no, fuck it, Twitch. Twitch, Stockton Slap. This is an instrumental only. Better know that. <laughs> uh, A G T X. Somebody got it. Oh, no, no, no. Nah. Daddy Lynch. Daddy Lynch is always winning, dude. Is it Daddy Lynch again? Was it Daddy Lynch? I don't have a third song. So I fucked that up. So yeah. I just showed you all the properties. I need you to tell me how many properties we have on the board, on the Monopoly board, that are part of my game pieces, or Daz and I's game pieces. Looking in the chat, this is gonna be YouTube. It's supposed to be YouTube. YouTube. I'm not seeing it. I'm really close. Raul Duke. Raul Duke. Raul Duke. Let me turn that shit off. Jesus, DMX. Cool it, DMX. Alright. Raul Duke, you win. That's free shit. Alright. We might give away another pack of Party Monster later on. But, uh, yeah, what else do I got to do? Let's go, let's go to Moxie while we can. Let's go to Moxie real fast. This is Moxie, everybody. Let's check it out. All right, everybody. I'm here with uh, Moxie, my guy, Billy. And, uh, Billy, thanks for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Um, as thanks we for kind having of, me. Yeah, absolutely. As we do with everybody... I sort of ask you to bring us back to your uh, cannabis origin story. Uh, what was what the first time you recall seeing cannabis, smoking cannabis, growing cannabis? Take us way back, and we're just sort of going to go through the, the story of Moxie, if you will. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, oh, man, the first time I interacted with cannabis uh, was just in a, we, like, there's a park by my house. We were in the park with a couple of friends, you know, later in the evening, and, uh, yeah, someone brought some weed. We put it in just like a janky little pipe and smoked it. And yeah, uh, how old you were? Uh, I was probably I was in like seventh grade, so like thirteen or fourteen years old, and just with a couple friends. And people say you don't get high the first time, but I got high as shit. I got really, <laughs> really high. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, so that was like the first time I really interacted with it. Um the way I kind of got started was my dad got cancer. He had uh, phase two, stage three, um, non-Hodgkin's follicular lymphoma. And uh, yeah, I just, you know, I didn't even know he smoked at the, actually I did. Um, you know, when I got out of high school, he, he, you know, pulled out a joint and was like, we can actually share this now. <laughs> you guys and, burned one. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. It was actually really awesome. It was like my last day of school. We were on the way home. Everything was done. And, uh, yeah, he had 
I don't remember why, but he picked me up for some reason. And then he pulled out this joint. We smoked a fatty and it was, it was fantastic. Um, but my dad got cancer and he was smoking a lot of weed. And I just kind of watched as he was just like spending a ton of money on weed. And I was just like, Hey, we can, we can just grow some in the backyard. So, um, started growing in the backyard. Um, that worked out pretty well. You know, first outdoor grows aren't necessarily the best. Well, um, let me ask you this real quick. What, uh, what was it like getting cannabis at this time? And what, what year was it? Cause obviously there was no dispensary. So how did your dad get cannabis at this time? Was it nefarious? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Some miscellaneous dude, you know, and he got in like a film, a film container, you know, like old totally. school. What was yeah, the quality was of cannabis that he was getting at that time? Was it mostly swag or did you guys have, you know, Scentsy, if you will? Uh, no, I mean, it was mostly swag. Like what, what he was smoking was definitely nothing that like by the time I started smoking like pretty heavily, I would, I would always kick him the weed because he just had such crazy stress. Totally. You know what I mean? So yeah, continue. Um, Sorry, I interrupted you there. So no, you just started no, growing no, no. in the backyard. Yeah. So we started growing in the backyard and then, um, you know, I, I moved out and started growing in my place that I lived at. Um, you know, I, I moved out and got an intentionally extra bedroom so that I'd have extra room to grow. Um, you know, started my little, I had like a six lighter, a six lighter plus a veg in the house, um, just to, you know, produce weed for my dad pretty much. And then it got to the point where, you know, at this point I'm, it's about 2004, um, when I'm like growing and stuff and, uh, growing in the backyard. And then now it's like 2005, 2006 and I have my own place. I'm growing indoor. Everything's great. But it got to the point where I had like 30, 30 pounds at the end of my bed. <laughs> it's like, what do you, what do you do? You know, I'm a, I'm a 20 year old kid with 30 pounds and it's like, where do I even go with this? So, you know, some value there at that time too. So it was a little bit sketchy sitting there with that kind of value today. Today's time. It's like, Oh, you had, whatever, $25,000, $30,000 maybe in in our market. But in that time, you're looking at like stacks, you know, 5,000. Oh, yeah. Yeah. At that time, it was like, oh, this is some serious money. So I ran around and started to vend it at miscellaneous dispensaries and stuff, um, you know, turned into basically me going to dispensaries every every day trying to chase down my money. And then, <laughs> the uh, cuff. yeah, you the know, net you know, 15, net 30. Yeah. 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 And then it's like, you know, here we are net 60 and I'm going there every day taking, you know, 150 bucks a day, just trying to get my money back. But that's how you did it back then. You know, you showed up and totally. you were like, Hey, I'm not leaving until you give me something. So yeah. And then one of my good friends, uh, kind of a mentor to me, he, the, the guy who showed me how to grow, like when I moved to indoors, one of my good friends, um, came over and like really broke it down, showed me what I was doing. You know what I mean? You know, cause before when we're growing outdoor, I'm just, I'm adding water, sure. you know, I'm not Went from bro special. science to some real science. Yeah, exactly. Sure. Like, you know, actually broke it down where it's like, Oh, here's the schedule. And I'm like, schedule what the, <laughs> what the f is this, you know? Um, Did you have any strains at that time that stood out? Was there like when you were first growing and any of those shops, what was your, what was your go-to strain for your cash crop? Um, the go-to cash crop was, you know, that almighty blue dream. I was going to say blue dream. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I was getting three pounds of light just cheesing, um, you know, absolutely stoked. Um, and, you know, at the time, uh, yeah, that's a, a little segue, but at the time we would give 
we would give like pounds and pounds of trim to this dude to make us oil and we would get like five grams back and we would be so pumped but now looking back on it i'm like man we really just got screwed for years but uh yeah so i don't i don't know uh my my good friend who you know showed me how to grow he was like let's start a shop so we opened up our own dispensary um and that was open for seven days until the cops came so you got a whole week out of it yeah literally seven days (laughs) and i had dumped like 30 grand and at this time i'm like i'm like 19 20 years old and like 30 grand is a lot of money to anyone let alone like me you know and so it's like i dumped all this money into this facility and then the cops come and they're like hey if you're here tomorrow we're coming with 20 guys and i was like all right yes sir was this la sir no 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 actually funny enough this was in like the worst possible area but orange county okay Um, sounds like la la tactics because that's how they shut down a lot of shops in la was just like Here's your one warning, bub, or we'll be back. And they weren't playing yeah. either. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you know, it's it's funny because, you know, we the first time we were like, yep, shut it down. The officer said we got to shut it down, you know. And then, uh, you know, after that, we just ended up purchasing a dispensary that was already operating because we figured, like, hey, they're already operating. It was kind of in that dispensary that we learned, like, that's kind of just a scare tactic, at least with Orange County, um, you know, uh, law enforcement Mm -hmm. they kind of would come and tell you that and then they would come and do you know what we would call a robbery but they would basically come with no paperwork and take everything we had yep and this uh, is the days of the seller's permit right in california when there was no real licensing for for dispensaries or for shops so there was delivery services everywhere we maps was super prevalent and you could sort of start a shop anywhere you wanted if you went and saw the right lawyer for two thousand bucks and he'd write, he'd draft you up all these documents that gave you a seller's permit, which was basically thirty, forty dollars at the downtown at the Secretary of State or wherever it was. And uh, yeah, you were it's like a gift shop in when Denver when we did it. So you were allowed to sell out of a store with very vague rules, but the police didn't appreciate it. So they would come in, they would threaten your landlord. Sometimes it just cost them a postage stamp, and they would literally just send a letter and say, "Hey, we're gonna take your property for drug seizure." And the landlord would evict you. Other times they would show up with one, two guys and try to scare the shit out of you, as Billy just sort of mentioned. And then, you know, other times they just didn't come at all or f- came in full force and raided the entire place and stole everything. So it was a wild time. Um, I was part of the end of it in LA, but uh, I know exactly what you're talking about. And Orange County is a little bit different than LA, obviously. And um, yeah, I would say they were a little bit more uh, conservative. I would say. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, I I mean, yes and no. They were like, they really didn't like it and they really wanted to just disrupt your business. But like, it seemed like, like the legal side, they just didn't really care much. Right. Like the cops and everyone else kind of cared. But like when it came down to like going to the courthouse and, and like paying a fine or surrendering yourself, it was all like, Oh no, here's a municipal code (laughs) violation. Give me 25 bucks. And it's like, okay you know right so um yeah you bought another shop and uh where'd you go from there so it's not a bad tactic if they come shut your store down you say fuck it this one's not been shut down let's take this one so you scoop over another and take another shop over and uh, where do you go from there um so then that shop actually started to bang like really really started to see people i mean that it's when we closed the doors we were at like around two thousand people a day um it was 
one of the last running stores in Orange County prior to Prop D's regulation. Sure. Um, so it was it was definitely like really fun. It was it was a juggernaut, but you know that one was doing really well. So then we just decided to focus on you know building more dispensaries that were doing well as well. So we got into the business of buying and selling dispensaries. So we'd buy it, invest a ton of money into it, get it cracking, and then sell it for you know five times what we bought it for. Sure, You're like the the bar rescue guy of fucking dispensaries, you take a shit one. Pimp it out, yeah. flip it. Was the original shop called Moxie that you did, or did, was what was your first dispensary called? Oh, so the first dispensary was the Strain Station, um, and it was uh, after it was named after the first dispensary I worked in, um, which was like my partner. Um, his family had a dispensary called the Strain Station, and so they closed. And when they closed, we opened up our Strain Station. Gotcha. Um, and then it went to Right Greens. That was the one that we purchased. Um, was Right Greens in Southern California? In, uh, Santa Ana. And then from there, we would just, you know, buy, buy different dispensaries, work them, and then either sell them or keep them depending on how well they were working. Where did you find the people to buy your dispensaries? I bought a dispensary on Craigslist off in, in LA off Craigslist for like $55,000 or some crazy shit. I literally bought a dispensary on Craigslist. Where did you sell these shops that you would fix and flip? Um, you know, to be to be honest, like we would just go into these dispensaries. I would just go in and be like, yo, who's the owner? You know, talk to the owner, make him an offer. Be like, yo, how many people are you seeing? Cool, cool, cool. Uh, you know, I think we could be doing more. Make him an offer. And if they bite, cool. If not, you know, you, you. Oh, you strategically partner with them. You didn't just buy them out. No, I mean, typically we just bought them out. Oh, okay. Typically it was just like, all right, you know, we're good here. Here's your money. Have a great day. We'll take the keys and the alarm codes and uh, safe codes and you can have a great life, you know. Um, but, yeah, that was kind of like our model. And then we would just, you know, we would implement our model onto the new dispensary that we purchased and then flip it. Um, and then, you know, that's kind of how I met my partner in Moxie, actually, uh, Jordan. Uh, there was a dispensary out in the valley and. Uh, it was a smaller dispensary that had a lot of space, but they just weren't utilizing it. And uh, we came in there with some money. And this was one that was a little unique because we actually partnered with them as opposed to just taking it over completely. And uh, because it was like a Prop D store, it was like a licensed Prop D whatever um, store. So we partnered with them and we turned that store into a juggernaut as well, you know, just applying the model that we had um, and just you know, really taking it to a new level, like with design and stuff, we had a little bit When you more say the model, and you may not want to divulge this information, and that's totally fine, but uh, what is the secret sauce? What, what was this model that you were doing that was turning these shops, like, from zeros to heroes? Honestly, uh, it was all about just taking care of people, just doing the right thing, you know? I mean, you could say it was some, like some design or some aesthetic or the way that we serve people, but in the end, it just came down to really just doing the right thing and taking care of the people that are coming into your store. Would you like, say you uh, increased the quality of product that was on the shelf from before to after? So if you were a customer that went into these shops before and saw it kind of shitty and you came back after, um, and obviously you guys had taken over, what would be the number one thing that you think they would say, oh, this has changed? Oh, yeah, just the quality of flour for sure. I mean, the the... At the time, the the network that we had built of dispensaries and stuff, um, 
you know, there was a buying network too. So it was like, I could go and just get two or three ounces of a specific strain. I didn't have to go buy a full pound. So when it came to filling out that shelf, I mean, the store was called VFL Varieties for Life and uh, really did a great job of just keeping anything and everything, you know? I mean, I think at the time we actually had Dark Horse Genetics in there as well. My partner, my partner Jordan, um, has always been really into seeds. I mean, Moxie has done seeds in its past, and we always had a ton of random genetics throughout the shop. Nice. You know, what I mean? just because it's like that was the whole thing. We had something for everyone. But yeah, I mean, I met Jordan there, and uh, you know, we kind of butt heads originally. We kind of didn't really see, you know, he's been there for years. I'm just showing up, and I'm like, hey, we're changing everything. Sure. Everything that you do is wrong. We're changing it, you know? And <laughs> so, I mean, it, it definitely, we butted heads at the beginning, but then it was like this weird moment where it's like, it was like, all right, I'm going to go outside. You're either going to come outside and we're going to fight or, <laughs> or, you know what I mean? Or you're going to come outside and we're going to smoke a blunt. You know what I mean? Like those are your, your two options here. And then he literally just looked at me and rolled a blunt <laughs> and then we, walked outside and I was like, Hey, did we just become best friends? <laughs> you know what I mean? And he's totally. like, yeah, kind of, I think, you know, and then, uh, turns out that we, turns out that that store that was supposedly legal, like had three out of the four registrations. So it wasn't considered legal under the new law or something. They fucked you somehow, so, some way. Yeah. Not, not him, but like, we all, we all thought we were good. And then when they released the regulations, right. they were like, I would Yo, say the regs fucked you somehow, some way. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. 100%. And, uh, yeah, we were in like the 160 group. We weren't in the one, 118 or whatever that actually, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So whatever, it was a big thing, but the landlord basically was like, yo, the cops came, you got to close the shop, but you can keep the grow open. And so we were like, sweet. Cause we had a huge, you know, not huge at the time, but attached to the store, we had like a, an 8,000 square foot grow. Okay. So it was like vertically integrated right there on yeah. site. Yep. Well, and we also had it on display. So when you came in, you could like see the grow and like people would ask like, Oh, what week is that? You know what I mean? It's like, totally. Oh, it's week four, you know? And that was, that was kind of a plus for everyone to, to check that out, but they let us keep the grow. And then, you know, then again, I come to the same problem where it's like, Hey, we've got 40 pounds of chocolate. What the hell are we doing with it? You know? <laughs> and then it's like, well, we make pretty good wax because we were doing that also making wax, you know what I mean? In-house and not, sure. not actually physically on site, but we were making wax from the material we were growing. And so it's like, you know, what do we do with all these pounds? It's like, yeah, we're going to run it as usual. And then it kind of just, you know, spiraled into a company that that's no longer with us. And then eventually, you know, morphed into what, what Moxie is today. Very cool. I was going to say, so you're certainly known for hash, but you're also known for releasing seeds. And I would say one thing that I, the, I guess the way that I was introduced to you guys was cannabis cups in San Bernardino. There was one like every six weeks back in the day, like 2014 yeah. or what? The, no, I guess that's way later than 15. that. 15? Well, yeah, okay, not that much later, but yeah, 14, 15, 16, somewhere in that time frame. But I remember going to the, to the shows and uh, you guys had like a a beautiful 10 by 20 booth no one had 10 by 20s you had the like all the c packs like lined up on like hooks on the shelf wall behind you 
So it was like, it looked like a retail store. And then you had like a bunch of bud tenders that was like doing a dab bar, I believe. But my point of it all is, is I was, I took a lot of inspiration from seeing that booth and my little 10 by 10 walking over there and going, okay, this is, this is where I need to be. And I'd also just went to Spanibus where I saw 30 foot monster houses inside of a building <laughs> and all kinds yeah. of crazy shit, you know, three story booths. But uh, I went and saw this and I was just like, okay, this is, this is aspirational. This is kind of where we need to be. And the idea that you guys did seeds and extracts, I was like, it's genius. And that's also why I took that inspiration when I was setting up in Colorado. And I was like, we don't need to do retail stores. I make seeds. We have all this byproduct. Well, let's have a hash lab. So I, all I wanted to do was seeds and hash, seeds and hash. And that's been my business model for a long fucking time. Now, I'm not directly a hash maker. I, I built a hash lab and know very little about it and employ or rent to some people that do very well with it. But at the same time, it's, you know, it, it's a great niche of the business. But uh, yeah, if you will, I guess, talk a little bit about the start of your, your hash lab and uh, how, how you guys did it. Was it all non-solvent? Was it hydrocarbons? I mean, I know you do a little bit of both, I think. But uh, yeah. talk a little bit about your hash process. You don't have to give away any secrets, obviously. But uh, talk about it's then all- and now, because shit, we used to all open blast and PVC <laughs> pipes and shit, you know? Like, uh, oh my gosh, yeah, double boiling and all sorts <laughs> of stuff. Yeah, so I mean, with hash... Um, you know, like I said, like back in my early growing, I would give some guy pounds and pounds of trim and he would come back with like five grams of the darkest, soupiest, taniest oil ever. Um, but you know, obviously when I first started growing, making water hash, that was always something that we did. And then when, when BHO kind of got bigger, um, we never really messed with that cause I didn't understand the science involved. Um, but once once we kind of got to like, I don't know, 2011, 2012, uh, no, probably like 2012, where we were in VFL and we, we had all that weed, um, we, would, we would give it to a couple of friends of ours who would run, run all of it into solvent concentrate. And then we would run what we, what we could into solvent less, just depending on the quality of the trim. Um, so, I mean, we really started with trim, obviously. And worked our way up from um, from there to the whole plant, fresh frozen. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we we extract uh, both solventless and non-solvent as well as solvent uh, using butane, propane. We also do ethanol extractions. You know, back in the day, we definitely, definitely, actually, Moxie, Moxie actually never open blasted, but us uh, as a group of individuals working together, we definitely sure. uh, did did plenty of open blasting what kind of rig do you use uh, be like we have an ets i believe for our hydrocarbons which is an old ass unit and uh, i'm not even sure they actually use it anymore ETSs I know, are great. i know ETSs i know giddy up pretty thing. well and uh yeah i so said you have a go-to rig the incredible rigs really nice uh, what do you guys use if you if you want to say or do you have your yeah, own yeah. custom monster no no i mean nowadays with like all the rating that you have to have and the psi reports and yeah. stuff it really kind of uh puts a damper on it kind of dampens creativity in my mind because i mean a lot of this stuff was built just you know what i mean like a lot of this stuff was built just by you know your buddy who you knew that was a welder in the past but uh you know now we use uh precision precision extractions Mm -hmm. we use uh, an x10 and yeah there's a couple x10s 
Do you have any go-to terps or anything that you really like to make? What's, what would you say your best line of hash or best-selling hash is that you guys have done or, um, or Man, a favorite terp maybe? Favorite terp by, like always is, uh, always is super lemon haze for me. I actually have some right here. Love it. Um, just that the same one yeah, I had for years, same cut. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Well, you know, what's funny about that is it, it is the same Fino, like 100%, but we actually just crack seeds from greenhouse seeds. I mean, you know I mean? We like, we love cracking seeds. I've cracked your Bruce Banner. I've cracked, uh, a bunch of dark horse. I have a ton of dark horse in my stable too. Um, in terms of, uh, up and coming, but yeah, I mean, we just crack seeds, you know, and, people who have just amazingly stable genetics, it, it comes out the same. I wish it was the same strain, but we've lost, we've lost it and had to repop and sure. we just keep finding that same Fino. I mean, literally it's insane. Surprisingly like I can't, that super lemon is uh, still rocking. Like you can still find some nice stuff. Like I would think that, you know, since Amsterdam is like so old and like, you know, out of date that most of the genetics aren't there, but yeah, I know of a couple of people still getting that greenhouse fucking super lemon and finding some heaters in there. Yeah, it's just you know, with with seeds, it's it's you you get some winners and sometimes you don't. You know, it's the lottery. It's, yeah, <laughs> um, I love that about it though. I love I love that about popping seeds. You know what I mean? Finding some new little gem or some 100%. weird little little plant. Like, and then sometimes too, they grow like absolute trash, but then you extract it and it's like bro we got to keep running this it's like there's there's no way we can't run there's levels this. to it yeah totally yeah how'd you get I mean, into like making our... seeds i was gonna say let's talk about seeds real quick like, yeah uh, yeah who, was it you that did the seeds or was it your partner just collaboration or how, how did the seed stuff come my, apart my partner jordan he's always had a fascination with it um you know he's he's always been really big too on breeding uh with cbd um just because, you know, at the time it had been so bred out that like there wasn't really like, you know, you had like your your two flavors of CBD and that was kind of it. Sure. And so that's like with uh, like with GoGDC or, or VCDC, we kind of just played off the ACDC name. Um, but he was really into like mixing it to where it tasted just better. You know what I mean? Like your typical CBD strains at least at that point in the market. Now there's so many amazing, mm -hmm. beautiful strains um, that that we really, you know, we, we also had a little bit of a setback with our nursery license, you know what I mean? Just with the whole legality difference between growing and, and nursery. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it was definitely a passion project for him. It was definitely his, his absolute passion. I love it too. I mean, I, I got super into it as well. Um, once we started creating things and I was seeing them, you know, actually come to being flowered, that's, that's really where everything pays off. You know what I mean? Like, and then sometimes you get the ones that are just absolutely terrible too. You know what I mean? It's like, you think these two Terps are going to be so bomb together. And then when you, when you have them and you have them together and it's in its final form, it's, it's just not where you need it to be. You're like, wow, that's that's trash. Like, yeah, I've seen some weird uh, crosses, like some cookies and Jack. They definitely don't mix. <laughs> yeah, no, it's some it's something like I don't know what it is. It's like these really dominant terpene profiles, like you know, um, you know, like even like tangy, for instance. You know, a little bit of tangy goes a long way. I mean, you just throw a little bit of it, and all of a sudden that whole strain is something different. You know what I mean? It's like lemon cheese, um, the same way. Yeah. Yeah, I, bring, I have an interesting thought on that is I see a lot of extract guys kind of 
almost creating their own strains, if you will. Not strains, but they mix strains together to create batches of stuff with new names of stuff. And it's like another level where they're cooking with the the different hashes or whatever. But uh, I don't know. I've always kind of... I, I don't know. I've always kind of not liked it because I was like, just call it what it is. Like, dis- disclose it like it's breeding. It's this with this in it or this to this. They'll usually tell you, like, if you ask, like, it's got this, this, and this. And sure. It, yeah, with integrity, they'll tell you. But at the same time, there's stuff that just goes out with a name. It's like, what the fuck was that? It's like, there's no, you know. Um, I think a lot of that comes down to... Uh, regulation unfortunately like uh at least i know in our lab like sometimes we'll get stuff that's not up to sorry my wife just came home sometimes we'll get stuff that's not uh up to the threshold we need to in order to send for testing you know what i mean it'll be like oh we've only got like a thousand grams of this and it's like okay if i test that 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 literally adds 50 cents to the bottom bottom line price just based off of sole testing you know so sometimes we'll, I know that at least in our case, like um, we'll have to, you know, we'll mix it so we have higher quantity so yeah. that we can actually like sell it. Um, sure, especially with these big columns too. Now it's like we're not doing micro batches anymore. Like these oh. columns are, you know, used to be one two pound columns. Now they're like ten, twenty, thirty pound columns. You know, so the processing yeah. load's gone way up. But I, yeah, that rings a, rings true what you were saying about the uh, testing, though, because when you pheno hunt, when you're breeding in a facility, a legal facility, all metric tagged up and everything, and you're doing a pheno hunt, but you want to know some test results on it, you've literally got to test every one of them. And if they're small plants, you know, it's like, okay, so I'm going to test 70 plants to figure out the test results on this and just to crop it and sell the, the herb. So if you're going to sell the herb after the fact, now you have 70 different things that you want to put into the market as little different offshoots of the same thing. It's incredibly complex and a pain in the ass. When back in the day, you would just take all 12 phenos of Bruce Banner and pile them together and sell it as a pound and keep your one keeper. You know what I mean? Well, now you got to keep it all separated. you got to charge you know, up $240 or something in Colorado per sample. You know, I think it just changed rules now. We have to have like a witness watch it and all kinds of stuff when you do it. It's <laughs> it's getting a bit ridiculous. But uh, I guess that brings me to another question. Let's talk about like regulation. And it's like uh, for us to get tested. What say that again? It's like six hundred and fifty for us to. You know, I guess I shouldn't complain, shit. dude. I should shut up. Yeah, yeah and that, and then and then we're also like we're limited. Like there's I can't just test like a million grams. You know what I mean? We're limited on thresholds depending on what product it is um yeah it's it's kind of it's kind of super jacked and i mean i mean they're doing so many tests though i mean there's like 40 different tests that they're running on one specific sample cannabis is literally the highest tested thing out of anything that enters your body like food gets like one twentieth of the testing all the food that we eat has like one twentieth of the testing in order to say it's good for us to eat Totally. Yeah, cannabis is like, I don't know. And like one of the more secure, we have RFID tags on every fucking plant we have, but yet this country's lost like suitcase nukes. Like, what the <laughs> fuck is going on, dude? Uh, now, I was going to ask you about regulation. So where are you guys? Where are you heading? I mean, America's your oyster, right? I suppose. Um, where are yeah. you guys? Are you in other states? Um, where can people find Moxie products? I don't, are, you, are you guys still currently doing the seeds or was that sort of like a thing that you no. retired at this time? Well, yeah, we are not currently selling the seeds in the market at the moment. Like I still have like, I still have like three batches of unreleased stuff, um, which 
which you know just gone to like our own personal gardens and you know what i mean sure stuff like that it's not stuff that was ready um but uh you know it's, it's something that that definitely has all of our hearts and i want to get back into it at the moment we've kind of dedicated all the space to cultivation because we kind of see i don't know there's there's definitely a lot of good growers out there but uh not as many i guess like they've kind of like regulation has kind of weeded out all of like the really super good growers mm -hmm. you know what i mean I, I feel like the i don't know there, there are i mean don't get me wrong i'm not talking shit there's amazing growers in the marketplace right now i mean i can there's name also 20. guys that could follow an sop real well but don't know shit about growing plants so it's 100 like, you know what yeah I mean? it's like it, everything got real commercialized from the bottom up so it's just like, all right, the guy that come doing snips doesn't even know what the fuck he's doing. He's just, you know, some guy showed him a video or he wa he watched a PowerPoint and he's, you know, got his five days of training and he's going for it. And it's like, whoa, this used to be like hand to hand information, knowledge that was sort of taught and learned. And it was, I don't know, we held it tight, yeah, but at the same time, for knowledge, you know, it was right. like, yeah. <laughs> well, nobody's good at anything from the start. I mean, in order totally. to be good, you got to be yeah. bad first, so. But it is 100%. weird how commercial cannabis has just gotten so shitty, and it's just like, you guys yeah. really got good at growing bad weed, man. I yes. see it. it. Hash makers see it. You know, ha if you want to know where how the weed is in the general market, go talk to the best hash makers in that market, and they'll tell you exactly what's up, because they well, see all that's the material. My favorite. Yeah, that's actually my favorite, because then they're like, oh, you know, like this didn't come out well, and I'm like, well, I I can't make it come out better. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I don't know what you want from me, but like, you grew it, dude. Like. Uh, you know <laughs> they're like oh well my weed doesn't taste like this i'm like well actually it does because this is you know like um especially with moxie products like they're fully unadulterated like we're not there's no crc there's no you know any sort of remediation going on like what goes in is what comes out and it's unadulterated untouched you know sure um, is that how it goes in the dark uh in the dark yeah yeah that's full dark. it depends on depends on which dart you get you know what i mean if it's a live resin dart absolutely it's full unadulterated untouched terpene. so for the people that don't know exactly what i'm talking about if you could explain a little bit yeah more you lost that. me on a dart what's it is that a handheld vape device I yeah there is yeah it's just uh this is one of the products we launched i think in like early 2020 maybe it might have been 2019 uh it's it's a a new pod system a magnetic based pod system uh, benefit being the, the battery is significantly more powerful um, and it has two burning atomizers in it enabling you to get just like a significantly larger rip sure so it, it does add a lot of power where you think like oh this is going to burn some turp but uh, it splits it between the two atomizers I, I feel very well better than better than most uh, vapes that I've hit to be honest with you gotcha no I know exactly what you're talking about either it gets way too hot and fried and like popcorny on the you know when you overheat that fucker or you can't get a long enough hit where it's like you're trying to take a nice good slow draw but the shit cuts out like halfway through your 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 whatever your draw so there's like a fine line how to figure that out but i can see how two batteries i like that if you can extend the length of the draw but also make it a little you know not hot but a little bit warmer longer that's uh i get it is that non-solvent in there or are you guys using uh hydrocarbons? no this is this is hydrocarbon yeah gotcha. solvent solvent gotcha. extraction we're working on uh, getting the solventless line out for the pens as well as, as uh, you know, just in general, bringing the rosin to California. We, current, we currently have a bunch of rosin in Nevada, which is, uh, which we're in Nevada. We're also in Pennsylvania. 
okay. where we do solvent and non-solvent concentrates. Um, we're also totally. in, uh, we have a dispensary in Utah and a manufacturing in Arizona as well. Utah, damn. Yeah, I didn't know about Utah. Utah, <laughs> I didn't even know Utah has a dispensary. I didn't even okay. think they were illegal. You're like first man yeah. in everywhere. You're like, yeah, you're like that guy in class that had his hand up first. You're that guy in the chat that's like, first. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh, you're man. the guy that runs to every place and he's like, stakes his flag. Dispensary here. First Moxie. Like, <laughs> no, I mean, we, we did get the first license in California, the first distro license in California. And that was like our license number was 00001. That's dope. It was pretty dope. I mean, I was like super pumped on it, but yeah, hold on all, to that bitch. That'll be worth yeah, like a million dollars one day when you're long dead and gone. Well, it's it's changed now since the the annuals went out. Now that the like the annuals, it's like a totally different number. That one was like a temp number. Sure, or whatever. but did you have a piece of paper or some shit with that on there? I'm telling you, bro, that's yeah, eBay yeah. gold. Oh yeah, you're, you're set. <laughs> that's the four hundred one k right there. Don't even worry about where you got to go from here. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Yeah, but that also came with some pitfalls, right? Because, you know, being the first, you know, we had, you know, January 1st we, or January 2nd or whatever, we had four people we could sell to. So we went from nine, you know, 90 active, you know, 200 plus dispensaries to four that we were allowed to legally sell to. So totally. Shit changed it quickly. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't always, you know, getting being there first isn't always the best, you know. For sure. I understand that. You got to go through all the hard times to last too. But uh, with that yeah. said, I kind of got to wrap this fucker up. I want to give you an opportunity to shout out anybody you want to shout out. Uh, where can people, you know, you have a website, uh, Instagram, uh, just yeah. tell everybody where they can find you. I got your Twitch on the screen there for some people to on the not on IG to see. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's the Twitch. That's my personal Twitch. Uh, we're gonna play Mario Kart and get high. Um, but you can find all of Moxie stuff at Enjoy Moxie. All the handles are Enjoy Moxie. So for Instagram, and then the website is EnjoyMoxie.com. Beautiful. And I really want to thank you. This went fast. This was, I don't know. This was cool. I think we're gonna have to go deeper. We're gonna have to have you back on. Like I say, that was. I don't know. That Absolutely. was smooth and easy. I was just didn't even really get to the questions. I have questions, but we just chatted, bro. That was nice. Um, Absolutely, yeah. Anytime, I'd love to come back. But uh, yeah, thanks great. for doing it, dude. Thanks for coming Absolutely. on. Appreciate you stopping by. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks, no problem. Man. See you soon, bud. Absolutely. Have a great day, guys. Later, bud. Later. There you go. That was cool. That was really cool. Then to do it, Moxie. So. Brings me to the next topic. This shit is over. <coughs> you guys are weird. Not as weird as the thought to do this weird ass promotion. But uh, yeah, I had to officially call a wrap on it because you just keep finding more and more. We're up to like 12 or 13 now, maybe 14. So uh, yeah, if they were sent today, they count. You know, or before today, postmark before today, they count. But I've talked to a couple of people in the DMs that just got one, that whatever, they're good. But I'm officially putting a stop to this madness right now. You got to fucking stop this madness. The boy crazy weird ass card thing is over. So, uh, yeah, we got to stop it, dude. All right. Next topic. I have to do a shameless plug. I was given, a, I was given an ad today, and I told him $100,000, and I need that check, Daz. Daz wants everyone to know he's got a drop coming up. His drop is uh, February 12th. Uh, there'll be a little something on the 10th for the premium members, but uh, on Seed Bazaar, February 12th. All you auto freaks out there, 
Daz is featuring Mandalorian Genetics and Ronin Gardens. There you go. He's in the chat right now somewhere on, I think, Twitch. So, uh, yeah, check out Daz's drop February 10th or 12th. I also have a, a, a hidden episode that we filmed before he moved away involving hoodoo and Valentine's love potions. And uh, I have to get his permission to see where we are with it. But uh, there's a chance you might get to see a hoodoo love spell episode that we vow would never see the light of day. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's a... It's like a four-hour show. Uh, it was a pretty long show. But either way, we might we might put her out. Um, and lastly, yeah, we're going to do a shameless plug on the way out the door. Caesar and I just dropped off a shit ton of Dark Horse today at the cookie store. Which one is it on on Colorado? Or, um, Evans and Broadway. Yeah, Evans and Broadway. So if you're in Colorado, um, what was it Runts? It was Cushman's. It was... Purple Starburst, OZ, like super proper batch. I'm sure it's going to go quick. But uh, yeah, it's probably actually going to cost more than the fucking cookies weed. Trust me, it's good. Yeah, you're going you're gonna to probably want a little bit of that. But uh, yeah, with that, dude, that's episode one. A little bit rusty, but we'll get back on the groove. We'll have to see you next week. Actually, you know what? I'm going to give away one more thing. Party Monster. Party Monster, this one's going out for the free shit email. It's on the bottom of your screen, slowly scrolling across. It's darkhorsegeneticslive at gmail.com. You will have to be the 50th person. The 50th person that emails me at darkhorsegeneticslive at gmail.com with the word... Boy, crazy. <laughs> I just got to stop doing this promotion. Boy, crazy. <laughs> We're boy crazy, and uh, yeah, you'll win the party monster pack. 50th person, that's how you do that. And with that said, we are the fuck out of here. Same bat time, same bat channel. Next week, peace, everybody. Little power gay fish, come sit on my shoulder today. Little gay power fish, sit on my shoulder today and make me a fry. Shrimpy dish with some soy sauce, baby. As the beat drops, super super fry, super fry egg roll, triple fry fry rice, triple fry rice, baby. Two for one egg roll, super triple fry rice, triple fry rice, baby. Don't forget the soy sauce. Chang, chang, chang. There's my gay fish song, dudes. What?